Thank you very much to you for listening here on 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Nick Hornberg. Have a great day, everybody, and go blue. Well, uh, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 p.m. Uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And what a strange week. A week of tr- true winter. Everybody in America is going into a panic. And trust me, I was out on Wednesday. It was a rough day. <laughs> About the weather? Oh, my, was it... It was bad. Ann Arbor looked like Siberia downtown. There was nobody out. Half the businesses were closed. Well, the university itself yeah. closed, which right. is uh, two days. very rare. Um, and of course, we had a blizzard on Monday. So right. It's, it's, yeah, it's we could go today. Been, 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 was a, Post office even closed in 11 states. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get any mail. In fact, I got a lot of it today. But anyway. Um, some people have said, like, oh, that's an overreaction. Uh, it wasn't really that bad. You know, that's probably true. We've we've toughed out things like that before, but I personally don't see anything wrong with things taking a slowdown yeah. on days where it really is quite treacherous to be out of doors for a prolonged period. And fascinating that, of course, that it came on the first day of the government being reopened. Yeah. So then a bunch of state governments literally had to shut down, like Michigan, uh, and it was much worse in the upper Midwest. If you don't believe me, uh, check out the New York Times weather map from time to time and just get an idea of how Fargo feels every mm. day in the winter. It's uh, Frequently they have highs of three below, lows of 
20 below. This is their normal. Well, it's the wind. Yeah. I mean, it's flat up there. And uh, Wednesday, uh, when the wind wasn't blowing, it wasn't that bad. But as soon as the wind hit, And some of like the wood chippers blade. are a little clogged, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they do clog up this time of year up there. They clog up with the uh, legs... Uh... Emerging from the uh, trough. Anyway, Donald Donald Trump will be uh, in the market for a wood chipper, I think, sometime soon. Yeah, he might end up in the wood chipper at some point. I kind of doubt it because uh, he's. Uh, oh, I think he'll. He's send a work of art. Don Jr. into the wood chipper before he uh, dips a toe in himself. Yeah, and you know, let's give Roger Stone some credit. I I've never been like tuned into any person that's been charged with seven felonies that's allowed to go on the talk circuit on Fox News Network every day to the one extol hand, his yeah. innocence and claim that there's a witch hunt. And Prosecutors probably are like, okay, sure, go ahead, Roger. Shoot your mouth off. Keep talking. Everything you say can come back to haunt you. Well, and he might, he might actually... Uh, <clears throat> he might actually... The, the purpose of it is there's a method to his madness. You know, he's letting Trump know, I'm not going to rat on you. I'm not going to lie to protect the president yeah right um i might lie to protect myself and of course he is actually heavily involved in uh, contacts with russians and leaks to the media the WikiLeaks. uh ralph well, nordham of virginia didn't have any rescue from WikiLeaks over the weekend and uh, obviously that's a that's sort of been the dominant story of the weekend, you know, in the Super Bowl. So it's been a very strange week. Yeah. Well, until this afternoon when it emerged, I think there's a story coming out in the Post tomorrow. Uh, somebody leaked uh, daily schedules, presidential schedules uh, to the media this afternoon. Uh, several weeks worth of these uh, daily schedules, which reveal the expansive amounts of so-called executive time. In the daily schedule, it's like the workday starts at 11, briefing till 11.30, executive time till 12.30, lunch at 12.30, uh, executive time for the rest of the afternoon. Now, probably there's lots of people who think, well, that's fine. I'd rather that uh, Senior Doofus uh, watch TV than actively pursue any specific or particular agenda. Uh, yet at the same time, a lot of these... Uh, executive time free-for-alls are uh, are more than just sitting around watching uh, Fox News and tweeting about it. But this is where he gets on the phone with Erdogan from Turkey and is cajoled into, sure, yeah, we'll withdraw from Syria. That makes sense. Uh, and the calls to Pootsie go out during these times when he's completely unsupervised, unchecked, unmoored, unguided, untethered. Yeah, and let's remember that late in the campaign in 2016, he actually articulated Putin's policy on Syria and said uh -huh. that we needed to get out of Syria. Uh, how that comes down will remain to be seen because it's quite interesting that Mitch McConnell has decided this is where he's finally going to make a stand. Um, the Senate has been passing these resolutions challenging the withdrawal the withdrawals, and of course, Trump is trying to rewrite history. Uh, how fascinating, by the way, to see a picture of Donald Trump that he leaked uh, the day before the government shutdown back in uh, December, where 
the actual truth about what had happened the, the previous couple of days is here in the first paragraph. In two hours on Thursday, this is the uh, 20th of December, President Trump publicly unveiled an expansive farm bill, railed against the dangers of illegal immigration, fought with Congress over the border wall, and announced the departure of Jim Mattis, his defense secretary, who is resigning over what he regards as the president's ill-planned decision to pull troops back from Syria. Well, this was the day that Trump decided to leak a video of himself dressed in overalls uh, singing Green Acres or something or other. At the 2005 Emmys. Yes. And this is a reminder for why you should never watch the Emmys, because things like this will happen on it. They're, they're spoofing a Green Acres song. And, of course, he looks, uh, he's got overalls on. I don't know if he's making fun of farmers, whether he's making fun of Huck Finn. He's got a pitchfork in his... Uh, well, I'm sure they're singing the Green Acres theme song. And, of course, his companion on stage, a uh, woman I'm not familiar yeah, with. Yeah, me neither. Megan Mullally is uh, kind of looking away going, what am I doing on stage with this moron? Um, this, of course, is classic Trump. Trump who only a day earlier had tweeted a message declaring victory over the Islamic State and announcing the pullback of troops in Syria, a decision that would prove to have grave effect with uh, the resignation of Mr. Mattis, took the podium and, with the world on his shoulders, provided the background on the theme song from his performance. That was from the Emmys, Mr. Trump proudly said. Um as members of his administration greeted him with a round of applause. I sang Green Acres and received a very nice award that night. Then the article notes, actually, he did not win an award that night. <laughs> but in his mind, it's all just a pageant, and he's the best, the smartest, the, the greatest. The kindest, the most wonderful man <laughs> in the room, That's in right. the world. Hmm. No. Oh, right. That's Manchurian candidate. That's language. Manchurian candidate. That's uh, Lawrence Harvey from the Manchurian. He's a candidate. warm and wonderful human being. And of course, uh, in Virginia, the governor is uh, clearly eventually going to resign, uh, one way or another, because he's just is not going to survive this. Probably had the most incompetent uh, semi-admission of guilt on Friday night in the history of human civilization, since he apologized for his general behavior without actually identifying anything about what happened. Now, my furnace went And then out. later denying. Well, then he's changed yeah. the story the next day, which didn't help things. Uh, whether that's actually Mr. Nordham in the, uh, in, the, in the photograph, I don't know. This could have been a yearbook prank by an editor of the yearbook. So it's on page 105. I'm sure that the... Graduating class of Eastern Virginia was not that big. But this is a public university with a medical school. And I do think that they need to get to the bottom of this whole thing. I don't think it's going to save Mr. Northam at this point because there's a kind of a bandwagon effect. No, it's not a caravan that Mr. Trump is worried about. It's a bandwagon where so many... Elected Democratic officials have called for his resignation. They're not going to reverse themselves on that because the photograph itself is indefensible. Whether it's him or not, whether it was prank, we don't really know. I mean, largely the fault lies 
with the people who ever vetted him. His failure to remember, oh, yeah, there is that one kind of weird picture on my yearbook. And it's it's funny, isn't it, how 1980s yearbooks have become this sort of like, yeah. ooh, the skeleton in the closet. Look in the yearbook. Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> Senator, I like beer. Don't you like beer? <clears throat> yeah, and, of course, they're from the same area of the country. Uh, I think that Mr. Northam... You know, his his life uh, story is actually quite compelling. It's interesting that he used to be a Republican. He admitted to voting for George W. Bush twice before he got involved in the uh, state Senate and then later became lieutenant governor. The uh, governor's position in Virginia, by the way, is kind of unique. It, you're not allowed to run for reelection, So you're a lame duck. Pretty much it's a one-term thing. And Thomas Jefferson, just for the record, uh, wrote a lot of the original uh, stuff that was in the Virginia Constitution. He was a big believer in weak executives, and Virginia has one of the weakest executives in America for a variety of reasons. So the Commonwealth of Virginia, to quote uh, all the people that are mentioning that it's a Commonwealth, um, are going to survive one way or another, with or without Mr. Northam. Uh, I don't really care if he takes a couple of days to resign, but I'm sure that <clears throat> he will be persuaded by uh, even his closest allies politically Well, he's to do so. He's saying that I don't want to quit because I don't want to you know, end my career and, and be branded as a racist for the rest of my life. Well, you know, the first step towards making sure that doesn't happen is to resign and say, let's get to the bottom of this. It, it looks terrible. I understand why people are upset. It's completely inexcusable. Uh, let's just move on and uh, show that you're not a racist through what you do from that point on. And I think what happened to this guy, to be quite frank with you, is it demonstrates yet again why experience sometimes matters. Um, he... For most of his career, he served in the arm, in the military. He went to VMI, might have even been one of those infamous MASH doctors uh, that uh, Hawkeye Pierce, a.k.a. Alan Alda, made so famous on MASH, the TV show. Uh, by the way, a great movie in its own right by Robert Altman uh, with Donald Sutherland playing Hawkeye. But it strikes me that this is a kind of an example of inexperience here. There was a big clamor on Friday afternoon. I heard the story break, and there was something that perked up my ears. They said that the photograph appeared on a website called Big League Politics, and that this came literally a day after he made some comments in a radio interview about abortion. They're debating an abortion bill in Virginia. He's a doctor. His position, by the way, happens to be a position that I completely agree with. This is about third trimester abortions in which they're being performed to save the life of the mother. Now, there are some fanatics in America that believe that the right to life is the right of the fetus to supersede the right of the mother. Mm -hmm. And I think that is an erroneous interpretation of morality, uh, medical, science, everything. It's, it's fanatical. It's a religious position. 
that's confirmed by nothing. If you don't believe in abortion, don't have one. But don't tell the 17-year-old kid down the road uh, that they can't have one. Uh, most of these third trimester abortions, by the way, they're rare. And they are the result of what's known as ecoptic pregnancies. The life of the mother is usually at stake. And, of course, yes, stillborn, deformed fetuses are involved. That's the reality of it. This was the position that Mr. Northam took in a radio interview on Wednesday. So how bizarre that this would pop up on a right-wing website two days later. What is the president's response to this? He attacked Ed Gillespie, his, his opponent, Northam's opponent in the uh, uh, Virginia race, because Virginia and New Jersey, by the way, have the litmus test, the buyer's remorse election, the year after the presidential election. New Jersey, by the way, is one of the strongest governors by, in the Constitution in terms of executive authority. So he attacked Gillespie for, quote, not doing a good job of opposition research. Hmm, is that an admission that he was collaborating with the Russians? No, I guess not, but it does... It's an interesting observation about... You've got to take advantage of every opportunity you can to spatter the mud. That's right. We've got the dirt on Hillary. Donald was gleefully emailing uh, messages at that time in June of 2016. So, yeah, what does he do? He attacks Ed Gillespie. Uh, and, of course, he's not in a position, uh, frankly, to talk either about uh, inappropriate— yeah, I think he's in the private sector now, so, <laughs> Ed Gillespie, so it's kind of a moot point. Well, he's got 19—well, Gillespie, I don't know what he's doing. He used to be the RNC spokesman uh, back—chairman, uh, actually, back when W. Bush was oh. president. He's a kind of a classic mainstream— Republican guy that's worked through the inside of the establishment. Uh, and he lost narrowly. Uh, but the reason Northam won the governor's race is, one, Virginia is trending towards the Democrats, and two, African-American turnout was quite high. Uh, because, believe it or not, Governor Northam actually, in his career, has a pretty good record on this particular issue. Now, whether he's in the photograph, whether that's him in the photograph, I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Um, uh, it's unfortunate. Of course, this could be a prank. Uh, remember that the quote involved is, there are mo more old drunks than old doctors in the world, so I think I'll have another beer. The two guys are clearly beer, beer, beer. holding beer. One wonders if... Brett Kavanaugh might be in this picture. He's probably in the, I'm <laughs> tugging on his collar. Oh, Glavin, here comes this again. Wait a minute. That's me in the picture. Where did they get that? What's it doing? Let me get my calendar and I can prove I wasn't in that. I can prove where I was on, on this particular day. Um, of course, you know, we all have yearbooks, uh, pictures that we might not be proud of. I don't know. Um, yeah, I remember the Olin the Mills in a few uh, yearbook group shots, you know, given the old uh, devil sign behind your buddy's right, yeah, uh, yeah. head or whatever. Oh, what a wise guy, you know. But we all remember the 70s and the 80s when you had the Olin Mills class picture that you were 
obligated to get because the class wanted a photograph of you and your parents wanted a photograph of you. They wanted to put you on the mantle. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things here that this could be some sort of right wing prank. Again, the research has to be done to get to the bottom of the composition of the yearbook. You know, who put that photo in there? Can they find the editor at this late stage? Right. Who knew that this would become an issue? But more awkwardly was the sort of reference after the, well, maybe that's me in the photo, maybe that's not me. But the, yeah, I did put some shoe polish on my face to do a Michael Jackson thing. Moonwalk. Moonwalk. And it's like, no, what? Really? Uh, I mean, come on. Let's, yeah. let's face it. I know that Michigan's different. It's up in the north. But even as a kid, watching the old uh, Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland movie where they put on the blackface and sing demo old tunes... You know, even a 10-year-old gets a sort of embarrassment from looking yeah. at that and going, oh, that's really not cool. And Eddie Murphy can get away with it uh, dressed up as Buckwheat on uh, Saturday Night Live, but uh, Ralph Northam can't. No. And uh, his denial, just for the record, is so strange, it's difficult to make uh, heads or tails of it. This is what he said Friday night before he came up with the Michael Jackson moonwalk explanation. Very good uh, article about that in today's uh, New York Times about how Governor Northam has moonwalked back to 1884. <laughs> you can read that on your own because it's uh, laced with sarcasm. I mean, and, and the weird irony is, too, that in the 80s, Michael Jackson's skin tone bizarrely began to lighten. Yeah, he was trying to change his race and his sex. <laughs> so it's even more awkward to do a blackface thing for a Michael Jackson thing because it's like, w wait a minute, what? He either was trying to look like Diana Ross or he'd completely mm -hmm. lost his mind. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, he Or maybe both. <laughs> could dance and he had some two or three decent songs, but highly overrated and a scary fellow in his own right. Uh, let's remember well, a victim that of, he paid. A victim of serial child abuse. That, too. and he, So I and think he, there's a lot of... Uh, he did pay... Uh, explanations for Michael Jackson's personal... serious sum of money yeah. for uh, sleeping with a boy and, or problems a giraffe are, are or something. Not, uh, outside of a vacuum. But. There might have been a giraffe in that bed. I don't know. But uh, Northam's denial, I am deeply sorry... For the decision I made to appear as I did in this photo, and for the hurt that this decision caused then and now. That is a very strange statement. And one can imagine his staff clamoring on Friday night, you got to say something. You can't let this thing fester. You got to say something. And he said something that was rather strange, in my opinion. Uh, he doesn't identify himself. Uh, the article goes on to note uh, about this quip about there are more old drunks than old doctors in the world. But it occurred to me that quip is adjacent to a picture of him kind of coolly and calmly like a macho man sitting next to the Camaro in that kind of alpha male pose. Yeah. Might be holding a beer. It's hard to tell. Uh, one does wonder about the editing of this yearbook. It sounds to me like there actually is going to be an investigation into that component mm -hmm. of this whole fiasco. But I've been around these scandals long enough to know that he isn't going to survive this. 
too many elected Democratic officials have called on him to resign, and they have no reason to reverse themselves. And let's face it, man, life ain't fair. We don't live in a society where life is fair. It's unfair to so many people at so many times. People that are held in jail because they can't make bail and end up spending three years before their trial is held. And then when they get before a judge, the judge says, how long have you been in jail? Three years. Okay, well, time served. Never even a trial held under a system that's supposed to allow this. Life is not fair in America, and anybody who thinks it is is naive. And I'm not going to defend Northam. I'm not really going to rake him over the coals any more than he's already raked himself. But let's face it, you know, he he was exceedingly clumsy in his explanations. Bottom line, and he can't survive this. Maybe for a couple more days. Maybe some facts, other facts will emerge about this. But dirty tricks are a, there is a long tradition of this in American politics. They're nothing new. And if, if, you, if you get involved in the public arena, you have, I mean, look at all the stuff that was used against Hillary Clinton that was fraudulent. You know, the pizza, the child... Uh, uh, pizza. Oh, the store. child sex ring being run through the pizza store. Yeah, in Washington, D.C. Bizarre. I don't know if it was Breitbart, but one of those right wing, you know, blogger types that uh, Mike Flynn's son was, yeah. you know, uh, distributing. 127 million people were uh, watching Facebook pretty regularly in the 2016 election. So politics is rough. And there are some people who play rougher than others, and then there are other people that get away with all kinds of amazing stuff like Donald Trump. And until recently, Roger Stone, <laughs> the uh, prospect of uh, extra time being given to prosecutors and defense attorneys uh, to examine the vast quantities of data yeah that they have terabytes worth of information which is kind of a meaningless term for me but reams and reams of documents worth of communications records so uh yeah where russia where are those missing roger stone emails <laughs> he's a snappy dresser but i suspect that soon he'll look just as dashing and bright orange and let's remember he's got a tattoo of tricky dick so he's ready to be kicked around one can imagine uh, Richard Nixon being summoned from the grave by Nosferatu himself, Rudy Giuliani, singing, On the cover of a Roger Stone. <laughs> Roger let's, Stone. Let's go kick some hippies. <laughs> and, of course, Roger Stone, long history of dirty tricks, a prankster, disinformation, uh heck of a record as a lobbyist with Paul Manafort, of all people. Yeah, and yeah, Lee Atwater back in the day. But uh, Marcos, uh, Mabuti Sesiseko. Uh, all the best people. Saddam Hussein. <laughs> all the best people. I mean, this guy, he's got, he's got quite a resume. Um, but Donald Trump denies that he had anything to do with the campaign. Like, what are you talking about? This guy's leaking information. 
Well, and the phone records will prove otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the information that they have. So uh, let's just wait and see there, shall we, Mr. President? And, of course, you know, the, the signaling going back and forth between Donald Trump and Roger Stone are wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I'm not going to lie to protect the president. Well, nobody's asking you to. But I'm letting the president know that I might, you know. Yeah. Right. Come on. Uh, so he'll be dealt with uh, accordingly. And then maybe he can go on the Life is Not Fair tour with the. Right. Or, well, uh, Ralph he's certainly uh, on the big media campaign now. The, the judge has already contemplated a gag order, which I, is important. I suspect that that will eventually come to pass. All these commentaries that are being uh, enunciated by the Donald, uh, Donald, the president of the United States, bizarrely, are violations of American constitutional mm -hmm. law. He's interfering in openly. trials. Openly. Openly. This is obstruction of justice. This, by the way, you know, I went back and I read the actual articles of impeachment against good old Tricky Dick, since he was in the news, thanks to Roger Stone. And, of course, one of the interesting um, explanations in the in the numerous details of the high crimes and misdemeanors that Richard Nixon committed were misleading public statements, uh, implying witness tampering and cover ups. Well, and in a we uh, uh, pardons interview over the weekend, uh, Trump is sort of trying to spin the, you know, pretty significant number of indictments and guilty pleas that. Mueller has thus far garnered by saying, oh, you know, a lot of those, this is Trump talking, a lot of those people indicted were Russian bloggers. Well, actually, they were connected with the Russian military. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a whole separate thing. But the other, some of the other people, they were just uh, indicted for, for a fib. Well, actually, no, it's called lying to federal investigators. And there a, a lot fib of them. is something that you like who ate the last cookie. Yeah. That's a fib. The nutter butter man. <laughs> uh and of course, you know, I pointed out last week that uh, when when uh Ivanka Trump uh spoke at the Republican convention in Cleveland back in 2016 who's on her right? Paul Manafort. Uh -huh. Actually, he was on 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 her left. Who's on her right? Rick Gates. Okay, we're talking Rick Gates. We're talking about the highest-ranking people in the Trump campaign other than Donald Jr., Jared Kushner, and Steve Bannon. Yeah. They're the only ones left. They're the only dominoes that remain standing. Um, How long? We don't know. Yeah, I suspect Bannon, too, will be sucked into the vortex of... Uh... The investigation because of his Cambridge Analytica uh, connections, yeah. if nothing else. And by the way, that's being investigated by the British uh, authorities. Yeah, exactly. So uh -huh. there will be uh, lots. There's, there's still lots to emerge. Uh, Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker's assertion that, oh, yeah, Mueller's uh, nearly done. <laughs> there's really no sign of that. No. Um, I think there's uh, a lot to still be explored and... Uh, you know, the, the Roger Stone revelations when the trial actually begins, more stuff will emerge from that, which will lead to other, oh, more rocks that need to be unturned. So now this is a long way from over. It's just uh, beginning to get a little more entertaining. Well, Giuliani back in April of last year predicted that it would be over by September. Uh, 
But, of course, uh, it wasn't and isn't and is still ongoing. By the way, we'd like to thank Andrew. Uh, well tanned and rested. Been in Florida. <laughs> Took a good week to go to Florida. Yeah, he picked the right week uh, for engineering this evening here on uh, Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM 